God. Amen. So let's stand today together and sing praises to our God.
Well, you can be seated. Good morning. Morning. Makes me feel better about myself. How are y'all doing this morning? Good, good. Okay. My name is Brad. I'm one of the pastors here, and I just want to welcome you. This may be your first time, or maybe you're watching online. Welcome. We are glad that you're here this morning and joining us for worship. A couple things that we would love to have your assistance in. First, if you can check in uh, to the service, the directions are behind me. That would be amazing. When you do that, it takes you a place where you can submit prayer requests, find the notes of the sermon, and there's lots of other things there as well. So make sure you do that each week. Um, it also has a place for announcements and things. There's one announcement I want to mention is that is on Sunday. Well, today is Sunday. Tonight, uh, at five o'clock, we have our business meeting. And if you're looking for a copy of the budget, it's in the lobby, but come find out what's going on in the church tonight at five o'clock. It's a great opportunity to hear more about why we do what we do and how we do it. One other thing I want to point out is this book here. This is in the lobby. And if you have this book on page six, I think it is, hold on. Five, six. You'll see this thing right here. There's a QR code there for the YouVersion Bible app. And if you haven't, if you don't have an app installed in your Bible, a Bible app, this is the one that you want to get. We're actually going to reference it during the service today. So if you don't have this booklet, go grab one in the lobby to your next song, and then make sure on page six there you'll find all that information there. So make sure you do that. All that to say, we are glad that you are here this morning. Glad that you're with us this morning. Let's pray. Ask God to bless this time, and uh, let's worship together. Bow your heads. Let's pray together. Father God, we do come to you today asking you to show up in a very special way. We're so thankful that we have the opportunity to worship in this room. And we know that churches all over the world are worshiping just like we are. God, we thank you that we can come to you and just express no matter what's going on in our lives, we can sing to you and we can learn more about you. Lord, this morning, as we open the word and we read the word together, I pray that you would uh, find those areas in our life that we haven't fully surrendered to you and let us surrender those to you this morning. God, I thank you so much for Jesus, which is why we sing. It's why we do all this. And we pray that he would get all the glory, honor, and praise this morning. We pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, come on, church. Let's stand up together again as we continue to lift our voices and proclaim God's greatness today. It's a narrow road and the tide is high. So you ought to 
thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, we thank you that we send praise today to an awesome, faithful God that we can trust with everything we have. We thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice. Thank you for your love on the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Good morning. 
so good to see you this morning. So glad that you are here. So glad that we have the privilege of being able to, uh, to come together to worship. Um, it's been a great day already. Uh, wonderful service this morning at 8.30. And now you're here and can't wait to, uh, to see what God, God does today in our time together. And then again, uh, as we gather together at 11. Um, it's, a, it's a blessing to be a part of a church that is moving, that God is blessing, that we're getting a chance to just see uh, his work in uh, our lives. We're, we're, we're in the, uh, started last week a, a new series called The Power of Routine. And the reality is that all of us have routines in our life. We have things that we do regularly that kind of help us in our life. They, they help us to work. They help us to be a, a family. They help us to, to, to grow. They help us to be dressed. They help us to eat well. I mean, all of those things, that, everything we do really is, is a routine. Um, some of you got messed up on your routine this week uh, or this morning because you were headed in on 15 a from the south and all of a sudden there was road closed you're like i don't know what to do right that's a routine we just kind of drive a certain way we go a certain way we kind of know the roads and we know our path and and that that, it it starts to really kind of kind of really get a deep furrow if you will in our life and we can we can get really stuck in a rut but sometimes getting stuck in a rut that's a good rut is great for our life It really helps us to live well. And so our goal over these seven weeks is to give you some of those routines that can be really helpful in your life. Uh, There are seven of them. We're going to show them to you. So uh, we're going to be talking about attending worship, reading your Bible, praying, fasting, Giving generously, being, being faithful stewards, sharing your faith, and practicing community. Now, we, we started talking about this last week, and we talked about the value of attending worship. And for everybody that was here, you were like, check. And then this week, we encouraged our, our people that were here last week, we, we encouraged people to reach out and invite somebody else to come and be a part of the time of worship. So maybe you got invited, or maybe you just showed up, and awesome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad that we have the opportunity to be a part of what God is doing and to ask God to speak to us in our life. Today, I want to talk to you about reading your Bible. We're going to talk about reading your Bible. If you have your Bibles, we can turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we'll see that um, that the Bible actually talks about reading the Bible. Now, but before we jump in, I want to share a quick story with you from my days in seminary. Seminary is the school that we go to as pastors where we are really trained to be ministers. So I got my Masters of Divinity when I was at seminary. I was at uh, Fort Worth um, Southwestern Seminary out in Fort Worth, Texas, and uh, spent two years there getting my master's uh, degree. Loved it. It was wonderful. But I was, at, uh, I was in seminary at a time when the educational process, the theological educational process was kind of shifting a little bit. And they were saying, well, let's try this approach. No, let's try this approach. And the simple fact is when you are in seminary and they change the core curriculum and they say, you know, it was when you were enrolled, the core curriculum was this, but to graduate, the core curriculum is this. And they change, they say, you've got to take this class to graduate. Do you know what you say? Okay. All right, if that's what I have to do to graduate, then I'll do that. And I remember that one of the things that changed while I was there was they added a core class to every seminary student. It was a requirement for graduation, and it was called Spiritual Formations. It's still a class that they offer. 
And it still is a core class. Now, this is going to be a little bit interesting and maybe a little alarming because the reason for them requiring the class spiritual formations and the reason that they offered it was because the class spiritual formations was to teach in seminary to people that are called to be pastors, and some of them are already pastors, but are getting a degree to hang on their wall, a diploma to hang on their wall, it teaches those people how to be good Christians. You would think that that would be unnecessary, but it is not. In that class, they teach you things like how to pray, how to witness, share your faith, how to go to church regularly, ministers, ministers are being taught this. And one of the things that they teach you is how to read your Bible and the habit, the importance of the habit of reading your Bible, the routine of reading your Bible. I remember really well my first day in class. And on my first day in class, they gave me a sheet of paper that was a Bible reading plan for the semester. And it was, you've got to read this and you've got to kind of keep a journal of what God is teaching you as you read the Bible this semester. And y'all, I was angry. I was so frustrated. I, I, was, I was like, I am a, an experienced minister. I have years of, of ministry experience behind me. I am currently serving as an interim worship pastor at First Baptist Church of Glen Rose. I am a Christian. I have been a Christian for all of my life. I love the Word of God. I know the Word of God. I can teach the Word of God. I can preach the Word of God. Why are they telling me to read the Bible? And I went to my wife's office and I was like, I am so frustrated about this Bible reading plan. I cannot believe that that is a part of a class in seminary. And this is one of those moments where my wife's voice sounded a lot like the Holy Spirit. I remember she said these words, Dan, are you telling me that you are angry that they're making you read the Bible as a seminary student? Well, yeah, that's what I'm telling you. (laughs) She said, do you understand how ridiculous that sounds? And do you think maybe God might be using this to encourage you to read the Bible more? Well, now that you put it that way, sure. I, I, I really was, though. I was, it, this, this idea of them forcing me to read the Bible seems so ridiculous. But if I'm honest with you, I needed it. I needed the encouragement. I needed the discipline. I needed the routine. I needed the accountability. And so I I say that to to you today because as I talk about reading the Bible, some of you are going to sit there and you're going to say, I cannot believe we just came to church for a sermon on reading the Bible. Well, I'll tell you what, if you would read the Bible, you wouldn't hear it. Because so many times the thing that we are missing in our Christian life is an engagement with the Word of God. And if I, could, if I could jump into your head and your heart today and I could change one thing about your spiritual routine, it would be this. 
It would not be attending church. It would be, I just want them to read the Bible. Because it has been well proven that the number one way to grow closer to Jesus, the number one way to walk closer with God is to read your Bible. It's real simple. All right. I'm going to meddle a lot today. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, okay? This is, going to be, this is going to be one of those sermons that you're going to say, wow, I'm really sad that I went to church today. <laughs> Let's look at what the scripture says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 14. Paul writing to Timothy, he speaks these words. He says, but as for you, Timothy, but as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed knowing from whom you learned it. And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Paul here is writing to Timothy and and, and to summarize what he just said, he said, hey Timothy, you come from a good family. You've got good people in your life. I want you to recall and remember that, that you have been in a faithful environment for a long time. If you were to turn back a, a page or two, and it won't show up on the screen, but if you were to, uh, to turn back a page or two, you would see Paul write these words in 2 Timothy 1.5. He says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. Paul is, is saying, Timothy, you're from a good family that is a faithful family that love the word of God and have taught it to you for many, many years. When I read that, I ask myself, and I ask you, what is your spiritual heritage? Like if you were to look at your parents, your mom and your dad, do you look at your mom and your dad and you say, man, they had such a love for the Lord and I saw it expressed in the way that they attended church and the way that they, uh, in the way that they shared their faith and the way that they lived their life. But primarily I saw it because I saw them open the word of God and read it and learn from it and grow out of it. What is your spiritual heritage? What about your grandparents? Do you look at your grandparents and you admire them because of their faithful teaching and their faithful uh, uh, alignment with the word of God? Do you look at that? Some of you say, yeah, man, I look at my spiritual heritage and I've got a great one. But some of you look at your spiritual heritage, your parents or your grandparents, and you say, you know, they were good church people or they were good people. But I never really saw that faithful adherence to the word of God. I never got to, got to see that expressed. And some of you may be a little disappointed by that. I just want to remind you, though, you are currently creating the spiritual heritage that your children and potentially your grandchildren will, rem will be reminded of years from now. You may say, well, I don't see that spiritual heritage in my parents or grandparents well, will your children say they see that spiritual heritage in you? It's really easy for us to point our finger at other people, but sometimes we have to point our finger back at ourselves and say, we have an opportunity to make a difference, to make a change. He says, why was his, he talks about the heritage of, uh, of Timothy and, and, he, and, he, and he gives us Why? Why was it so great? Well, it was so great because from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings, with the word of God, with the scriptures. 
Timothy knew the scriptures because he had been taught the scriptures. Timothy knew the scriptures because he had seen the scriptures lived out in front of him. Timothy knew the scriptures because his mom and his grandmother loved the word of God and instilled the word of God into his life. And so Paul goes on to, to, to give kind of a, an explanation and a, and, and a, 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 a kind of a, a, an example of why that's so important. Look what he says in verse 16. He says, all scripture is breathed out by God. And, and, and it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That scripture is so powerful. And we're just going to read, I just want to leave it up there so that I can kind of walk through it with you. It, tell, it t- says that all scripture, that's every single page, every single verse, every single word, it's all breathed out by God. It is God inspired. It is God expired. It means that God literally breathed out the word of God. When we read the Bible, we are reading the breath of God. There is nothing more intimate than getting an opportunity to to experience God breathing on us. There's actually a, a spot way back in the book of Genesis. Do you remember? God made man out of the dust of the ground. And then what did he do? He breathed into that man that he made. And when he breathed into that, life was given. Literally, when we experience the word of God, we gain life. We experience life. We accept and and receive life. It is God breathed. And then he says that it is profitable for teaching. When we learn and when we read the word of God, we learn about God. We learn about our life. We learn about our culture. We learn about our family. We learn about uh, being a good husband, being a good wife, being a good parent, being a good child. We learn when we engage with the word of God. It says it is profitable for teaching. It is profitable for reproof. The definition of reproof is an expression of blame or disapproval. When we read the word of God, we get to find out how we're wrong. That's why nobody wants to read the word of God. I don't want anybody to tell me that I'm wrong. I want people to tell me that I'm right. But when we read the word of God, we read it. And if we're honest with ourselves, we read the word of God. And every once in a while, we get to a spot where we say, ouch, ooh, that hurt Mm, I need to work on that. And there's value in that. There's value in us seeing those areas where we are wrong. And then it goes on, though. It doesn't just leave us there. Okay, you're wrong. But it is profitable for correction, meaning that it shows us how to make wrong right. It shows us how to correct our path, to go a different way, to do things differently. It says that it is profitable for training in righteousness. When we read the Bible, we are given the tools and the capabilities to live a good life, to live a right life. It is profitable for completion. It makes us complete. 
What what that means is that the things that are missing in our life are given when we experience the Word of God, the, the feelings and the emotions and the belongings and the stuff that we need. It is given by an engagement with the Word of God. And then it says that it is equipping. What we need in our life is granted when we engage with the Word of God. Friends, why in the world would we not spend time with the Word of God. Why? It is, it is so good to us. It gives us what we need. It, it allows us to experience what we, what we must. We need the word of God. It is honestly, when we get down to it, the Bible, it is the key to life. It is the key to our life. We experience the Bible and it, and, it, and it inspires us and encourages us. It, it reproves us. It shows us where we're wrong. It equips us. It, it gives us everything we need. It completes us. There's a Jerry Maguire quote somewhere in there. It, it gives us everything we need. Why would we not engage with the Word of God? The Bible is the key to life. Can I tell you why we wouldn't engage with the word of God? Because the enemy doesn't want you to. He knows. He knows. Just keep them from God's word. Just keep them away from God's word. We must overcome that temptation. It is the key to our life. I, I, I've, had people, I've had people walk into my office and they sit across the desk and they say, Pastor, I'm just struggling right now. I'm struggling in my, in my life. I'm struggling in my marriage. I don't feel like I'm a good parent. I feel like my job is just a dead end. My walk with Christ just feels like a day-to-day existence. I don't really feel like anything's going on. I, I know that I'm a believer, but I'm just not getting it. I am struggling, and I'm struggling in a big way. Usually when that conversation happens, and it happens pretty regularly, I'll say something like this. How is your engagement with the Word of God? How is your engagement with the Word of God? What, what, what's going on in your, in your Bible reading? Well, that's usually the first word. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really busy. I've got a lot going on. I mean, there's just... You know, I mean, work and family and my kids. And, you know, I'm just, it's, I mean, I, I would love to read the Bible, but, oh. And I'll say something like, well, I'll tell you what, how about this? For the next two weeks or three weeks or month, would you just maybe, I'll give them a portion of Scripture. Would you just read every day maybe one chapter of, of this book? Or maybe when you get to the end of that, just go to the next one. Just, just for the next, just a chapter. Not, not, like, not, like, you know, not like voluminous amounts, but just like take, take five, six minutes and read this chapter. You know the longest chapter in the Bible is Psalm 119. I've timed it. The longest chapter in the Bible is Psalm 119. You can read it in eight minutes. So to read a chapter of the Bible is really not that much out of your day. 
why don't you just take the next, next few weeks and just every day just open the Bible. Fast forward three, four weeks, same person comes in, makes an appointment. Pastor, I'm just still struggling. I'm just, I'm just still struggling. I, 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 my, my life and my family and my, my job and my walk with Christ, my kids and parents, you know, I'm just, I'm just struggling. Well, tell me about your, tell me about how the, the Bible reading has gone over the last several weeks. Well, I gave you an answer, but you didn't want that answer. Friend, I'm telling you today, I can give you the answer if you'll just engage with it. The Bible is the key to life. It really is. So now we're going to give you a test, all right? You're like, wait a minute, I came to church. This is not supposed to be a test environment. I'm going to ask you seven questions. I'm going to go through them really quickly. But these seven questions, the answers to these seven questions might help you to know whether or not you're treating the Bible like it is the key to life. I'm going to go through these seven questions, go through them quickly, and then at the end, I'm going to put all seven on the screen, and you can take a little picture, and you can go uh, take the test. It's a self-test, okay? You don't have to turn it in, all right? So here's the seven questions, real quick. Number one, when was the last time you sat down to read the Bible on your own? If you're racking your brain right now, you fail the test. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I mean, it's nice, you know, it's not a GPA killer or anything like that. But, I mean, if you're like, I really don't know the last time I sat down to read the Bible on my own. Well, that's, that's not great. So maybe that's, a, maybe that's a good place to start. Number two, what was the last Bible verse that made an impact on your life? What was the last Bible verse that made an impact on your life? I hope that you have one. Here's the third one, and it might be similar to, to question number two. Number three, do you have a Bible verse that you would consider a life verse? Do you have a Bible verse that you would consider a life verse? verse. One that has just stuck with you through your life or it just is really, really important to you. I hope you do. For, for me, it's Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2. It says, I, I beseech you or I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifices. This is your pleasing and acceptable uh, act of worship. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. That has been a verse that has stuck with me for so many years, and it challenges me to live my life in, in, in allegiance to God. You need a, you need a life verse. You need a, you need a Bible verse. Friends, so one of the things that I do as a pastor, I'm, I'm taking a side here, one of the things I do as a pastor is um, I, I, I preach a lot of funerals. It's kind, of a, it's kind of a morbid thing, but I really, I, I appreciate the opportunity to speak in that moment because it's a tough moment for, for people. Some of you have, have been through that with a loved one, maybe even recently. From time to time, I'll sit down and most of the time what I'll do is I'll say, hey, um, the, the person who passed away, did they have a Bible that they carried to church all the time? And I'll say, can I, can I just borrow that Bible? And a lot of times I'll, I'll look through the Bible and I'll kind of read um, if they have anything underlined or if they have any notes there. A lot of times I'll just kind of preach the service from, from their Bible. 
And a question that I usually ask in that conversation where I invite them to bring their, their loved ones' Bibles, I'll say, did they have a Bible verse that they really, really loved? Like, just did they have a scripture that, that really spoke to them? Y'all, I'm amazed. I really am. I'm amazed at how many people I have done memorial services for or funerals for that are like really, really good, like every week church people, they're always here. And then when I ask their family members about a favorite Bible verse, they're like, I'm not real sure. Y'all, we need to have a verse that speaks to us. As a matter of fact, what I would encourage you to do is, and you can do this at any point, I would just encourage you to turn to the very front of your Bible, right there, you know, where it's got the blank pages, and write down these words. Pastor Dan, my favorite Bible verse is. That will help me one day when I preach your funeral. That's weird, I know, but just write it down right there. And then tell your family, this is the Bible you give the pastor. This is the one. I know that's weird, but you need a a life verse. Here's another question. What was the last Bible verse that you memorized? What was the last Bible verse that you memorized? Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Memorization of scripture is something that is really, really powerful. And you may be sitting there saying, well, I can't memorize. You may be saying, I'm, I struggle with memorization. Really? Really? Who won the Super Bowl in 1985? Some of you automatically go, Chicago Bears, right? Or, check this out. I stay out too late. Got nothing in my brain. That's what people say. Oh, you can memorize. Yeah. You see, we memorize things that are important to us. You never thought you were going to have Taylor Swift quoted in the, scripture, in the sermon today, did you? Not in the scripture. Not in the scripture. But in the sermon. We memorize things that are important to us. When we say we can't memorize and we choose not to memorize the word of God, do you know what that says? It's not important. It doesn't matter. It should matter. Here's another one. How does the Bible affect your everyday life? If you're not reading it, the answer is none. How does it affect your everyday life? How often do you talk about the Bible in casual, daily conversation? How many times have you said this, just in a, in a day-to-day friend conversation, co-worker conversation, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, student, fellow student, teacher, you know, how many times have you said this? Well, you know, I was reading in my Bible this morning and it said, I, I was reading the Bible the other day and it told me that We should have the word of God on our tongue, on our lips, ready to speak into situations that happen to us. Because I promise you, if you'll engage with the word of God, it will speak into your life. Here's the last question. When you're struggling, do you turn to the truth of God's word for comfort and direction? 
You see, we do a great job of turning to a self-help book. We do a great job of turning to a counselor. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't do those things, but we should equally turn to the Word of God. All right, all seven questions. I told you they were small, but there you go. It's an opportunity for you to kind of look at that, test yourself, check yourself. How are you doing? How are you engaging with the Word of God? If I could jump into your brain and jump into your heart and make one decision for you, one. If I could just do one thing that would help your spiritual life the most, it would be I would create an insatiable hunger for the word of God. If only I could do that. There's a lot of other things that, I, that, that could fill in that blank, but if there was one thing, it would be I would give you such a hunger for the word of God that every morning when you woke up, you'd be like, I gotta read the Bible. Before you go to bed, I gotta read the Bible. I gotta spend some time in the word of God. During my lunch break, I gotta spend some time in the word of God. Every time I have a moment of every day, I've gotta just spend some time in the word of God. just looking for cameras to see if anybody's done all right last thing i told you during this series we want to be ultra 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 practical so this week we're gonna we're gonna read the bible so this is what i want you to do i would love don't do this right off i would love for you to read the bible with us this week and so if you would like if you would like to engage with a Bible reading plan, a seven-day Bible reading plan, this is on that Version Bible app that we were talking about just a moment ago. If you would like to engage with a seven-day Version Bible reading plan, it will give us an opportunity to do a little bit of a devotion. There's, a, there's a, a, like a two-and-a-half-minute video you can watch. There's all kinds of ways that you can engage with this. Then there's scripture that you read. And then at the end of it, there's actually an opportunity where you can type in, this is how God spoke to me today. Or this is what God is teaching me. Or, or hey, here's something I'm struggling with. Or, or this is a prayer request that I have. We're going to do that as a church family. We're going to do that as a church body all together. And I'd love for you to be a part of it. So what you do is you text the word Bible to 386 734 1991. You can do that right now. You text the word Bible. It will send you back a link. And all you have to do is you just have to click on that link and it will sign you up. Now, listen, if you are completely planning on not participating, please don't do this. Don't be the dud. But I want you to. I want us to engage with the Word of God together. Over the course of this week, oh, you may say, well, what's that Bible reading plan? What is it on? <laughs> Guess what? It's a Bible reading plan on reading the Bible. That's, that's cool, right? But it's an opportunity for us to engage with the Word of God together. I want you to do this. I want us to do this together. Because if I could jump into your head, if I could jump into your heart and I could give you one thing that would help you to walk with Christ more closely, it would be an insatiable, unquenchable hunger for the word of God.
So will you read the Bible with us? Seven days. Won't take you long. I actually did the first day last night. This might sound very unspiritual, but I did the first day last night during a commercial break of a football game. I just want you to know how long it is. All right? So it's, it, it doesn't take you a long time. But it's a powerful thing when we allow the Word of God to speak to our life and to speak to our heart. Some of you are sitting there saying, that is really unspiritual of pastor. He, re- he did his Bible reading during a football game. Hey, I did my Bible reading. Right? Whether it was during a, half, during a commercial break of a football game or in the morning when everything is really quiet, I just want you to read the Bible. I just want you to engage with it and let God's Word speak to you. What a powerful week we could have if we would all just engage with the Word of God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for the impact that you have on our lives. God, I thank you for the way that you teach us, the way you challenge us. God, I pray that you will help us to live our lives in such a way that we would honor you, that we would engage with your word, that we would learn from you, and that you would change us. God, we are grateful. We're grateful for all the things you've given to us. Let us see your hand at work in everything that we are. God, we are grateful. We pray that you will speak to us even as we close this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. What a powerful way for us to take this and to to apply it. I hope that this week, as you read God's word, as you engage with God's word, that it would make a difference in your life. As we close our time together, as we sing this last song, as we worship together, let's allow the word of God to speak to us continually and allow as we worship to just draw us into a closer relationship with him. Let's stand together and let's sing. Yeah.